Welcome to the Shut Up Show. This is the Brave Solopreneurs Podcast helping you shut up and make shit happen. Inside every episode, you'll hear raw and uncensored conversations with amazing entrepreneurs and thought leaders who bring their best work every day despite being scared shitless. You'll gain mindset strategies on how to brave through your fears, tactical advice to help you define your shut up moment, and impact-driven tips inspiring you to live and work on your own terms. And now, your hosts and co-shut-uppers of making shit happen, Bernie Shung and Phil Gerbyshack. And we are live for another Shut Up Show today with one of the first people that I met online and one of my dear friends, someone that I admire a lot, learn a ton from, and someone I'm lucky enough that I get to see in person a couple times a year at conferences. And uh, Chris Brogan, uh, rather than just effusively sing your praises, I just want to say we're delighted that you're on the show. Your books are really good, man. I've read them all. Even Social Media 101, for, as someone who does a lot of social media, I'm like, shit, I can learn something from Chris, even in a basic form. So, Chris, thank you for being with us today. So thrilled to be here. Shut up. Shut up! <laughs> Actually, we ju- we talked to Erica Napolitano today, too, and we were so stunned. We didn't get to tell her shut up once. Okay. And so we're expecting that will continue, Chris, because you usually sm- drop smart bombs like nobody's business. So thanks well, for being here, dude. Don't tell me I followed Erica. She's so smart. She is so good. I mean, this is... There's nothing but down from here. It's <laughs> yeah, that's not true. That's not true. Actually, we have a uh, we have zero viewers to prove that, Chris, and they're ex- mm. excited <laughs> to be here. I Every zero one of them, they're all hey, happy. Jim Raffle, Jim Raffle said he might. <clears throat> yeah, so Raffle we'll have we'll have one. We'll have yes. one one viewer. Maybe. <laughs> Maybe. But so, so, Chris, so welcome to the show, man. Are you home today in Boston, or where are you at? I am. I am uh, at my compound a little north of the city, and uh, just in between different various tasks in my day, we're thrilled to get the chance to sit down and chitty chat with you and eat uh, red grapes. Yay. So I know, I, I know Bernie has something she wants to say, and I'm going to guess that it has something to do with kitchen table. <laughs> But I really don't know. So, Chris, rather than uh, rather than steal her thunder, I'm going to throw it over to Miss Bernie, <laughs> and she's going to do the better introduction than me. Ready, um, go. Thank you, Phil. You know, it's funny, Chris, because I'm sure you haven't seen any of our episodes. We're brand spanking new. We've only been doing this for three months now, and I swear almost every single episode I've mentioned either Srini Rao of Lockcast FM or Chris Brogan and Joe Sorge of Kitchen Table Talks. <laughs> so, so I don't think you'll get sick of hearing this, but what I've been telling people on the show is from an interview I heard that you and Joe had or from an interview I heard on Blockcast FM, I learned about some really amazing people, really profound and prolific people in my lifetime. And being, you know, I'll, I'll steal Srini's little tagline, being, being a, you know, a student of life, you know, the school of life as we call it, I've learned a lot from people. And you being one of those people who kind of like, you started the madness, Chris. <laughs> so I have you to thank and I have you to blame because it was your prolific writing and the influence and the impact that you made in my life back in 2000 and I think 11 when I first found out about you. You really changed my life. And, I, and when I say that, I literally mean you helped 
changed my life and helped make me a better person in the human business. So I firstly want to thank you for that because I think I've told you that before behind the scenes, but I want to say that, you know, here in front of our one viewer if we have one yet. <laughs> but then all the people who will read our blog and, and watch the rest of our episodes too. So, so thank you, Cousin Chris. Uh, we're so happy to have you here. My utter pleasure, and I really don't think you can blame me for all your great success. I don't think that should be laid at my feet because <laughs> I think you've done a lot of the work yourself. But, you know, I will be willing to accept some responsibility for some of your failings, if you'd like. <laughs> but you know what? I will say the failing is part of the success. So that I also learned from you. So anyway, um, I'll turn it back over to Phil because I, I always hog all of the episodes. But Phil, why don't you take him through what the show is all about? Because Phil, I mean, Chris has no idea why he signed on to be here. Really? I, I don't know why we got Chris here. <laughs> I just like the two of you. I just right. figured, oh, sure, I'll do a hangout. Why the hell not? <laughs> yeah, and, and our one viewer did join me. I'm going to guess that's Jim Raffle. <laughs> if that's not Jim Raffle, hello, whoever you are. If that's Jim, Jim, we love you too. So, so... Chris, take us back to the beginning, man, when nobody else was online but you, when before Al Gore invented the Internet. Talk, talk to us about early blogging and how that's really transitioned and kind of this whole social media thing that we kind of love to hate now, um, how, how things have changed and what you've seen. I can go back even before blogging because in the 80s I was involved in bulletin board services. Right. So the first time my dad brought home you know, a modem and said, you know, we can connect and find other people talking online about this or that. And a bulletin board service would be like going on Twitter one person at a time. So essentially, you'd come on and be like, oh man, Empire Strikes Back was awesome. And then you'd hang up. And then I'd have to be like, well, I don't know. I can't believe that, that ending. And then somebody else would come on and go, don't spoil it. You know, and, but it'd be like one person at a time. Like seriously, wait for the phone call, type the line, get away. So, but it was community. And way back then, I was already pretty enamored with this concept. And then things like America Online came along uh, back when that meant something, back when that was pretty much the Internet. And um, I would go on and I could talk to people about what I was interested in, not just people who lived near me. And that was really the very first building block of the complex molecule that is me, was just realizing that I could connect with people around interest instead of around proximity. Now, believe me, local business is awesome. It's great to have people nearby and nothing replaces a real-life hug. But... It's amazing that we can stretch and, and never feel alone again because there's going to be a weirdo just like us somewhere else that we can connect with. Uh, from that to blogging, I mean, I was trying really hard to write and publish really depressing bad fiction, and uh, no one wanted it. And so I learned that I could just publish it myself on the web, and then I started getting readers, and people started liking it. But it took me eight years to get my first 100 uh, subscribers way back when, somewhere along that line, in one of the various iterations of my writing, for instance, I picked up Becky McRae as a, follow, a fellow traveler, and uh, Becky from smallbizsurvival.com, and she said, I still remember when you celebrated 50 readers, and I said, yeah, because it was huge to me, I mean, because my mom couldn't pretend to have 50 accounts, so I knew at least somebody else was paying attention. So blogging was called journaling way back in 98 when I started. There wasn't any question about you know how many subscribers or whatever. Comments were the, the norm. Linking to everybody else's blog was great. And it was just about really taking the time and sharing opinions. Since then, it's really blown up in all directions. And I am still very, very, very passionate about blogging. I've never really liked calling it that. I've just always called it writing. 
Um, and I'm about to launch a digital magazine in not too long. Uh, that'll be sort of my big project, my big work. And so, I mean, I really haven't strayed from those roots. Things like Twitter came along, though. I mean, I'll tell you where Twitter found the most interesting is I was at CES when they were uh, in Vegas while they were announcing uh, the new iPhone, the first ever iPhone um, in, in uh, California. And I was wandering the floor of CES and was being asked by my boss at the time, Jeff Pulver, uh, hey, should we swing over to California and check out Apple? And I said, I don't think we have to. I've got all the news right here because it was coming out a tweet at a time. And I just said, wow, this is amazing. It's like real-time news. And I think when we strip back all the weirdness of Twitter, it really is still that. It's like a little tiny private Bloomberg news service rattling through all the information that might be valuable to us if we were smart enough to use it that way instead of worrying about if somebody likes us or doesn't like us. So you mean social media is not just about making friends, Chris? Well, and even let's just use that word friends for a minute. It's not about pushing a button to allow two pieces of uh, software accounts to connect with each other and, and light up in a different way than they were before. Um, you and I, I would say, are friends. You and I are, if you called me and said, I really need you to move the couch, it would be a, an expensive plane ticket, but I would do it. But there's a lot of people that we're, quote, friends with that really aren't going to have us into the house to you know, split a pizza or something like that. So, I mean, that's already been a big mess because if I do or don't connect with your social chatter account, I have somehow made a vote against you or towards you that other people are going to interpret. And so I get that a lot. You know, I can't believe you won't follow me back. And I, I say, well, because you like to talk about fish all day. And I, I love fish. I just don't need to talk about them all day. And it's uh, people are really kind of like aligning their identity with the output that they type into a keyboard or a phone. And I, I think that it's going to be a long while before people kind of shred their identities up again into coleslaw and, and, and really pay more attention to what really matters to them. But in the interim, I, we all have to sort of endure a lot of strange, weird social issues that didn't exist before. And I've just been sort of checking out of that a lot. Uh, more often than I used to before. I, I, I've started not worrying that much if I hurt someone's feelings by not being their digital friend, and I try really hard to reinforce it in the other venues where I am willing to be their digital friend. So, Chris, do you do you feel any fear or any apprehension about that? I mean, like that maybe people don't follow you, or how did you how do you get to this point? Maybe of not giving a crap that you're maybe offending people because. Chris, I've known you a while, man, and I know you're a you are a ten, tender soul. You you really do care about people. Sure. How did how did you kind of make this evolution and get to the point where you can say with confidence that it is not about whether or not we follow each other, but really about whether whether we're non air quote friends. That's more important. Yeah, um, I think it just took a few steps in that direction and then the realization that the entire world didn't collapse. I mean, I went through this process where I unfollowed everybody. Uh, I guess Twitter has just finally closed that particular gap, but I had been following 200 plus thousand people. And what I learned was that, so the software couldn't even send me all of everyone's correspondence. I wasn't seeing anything. So by following 200,000 people, I was kind of following nobody. And so I realized, well, I'd like to take back my service, please. So I unfollowed everybody 
and then refollowed about 200 or so. And I think at this point I might be following 300. And so there's this whole, and this is just from Twitter's perspective, but it works on all the platforms similarly. Everyone started this, you know, oh, he thinks he's all that, and I'm not going to support this guy. He got big on my back, and now he's turned his back on me. And there's all this, like, emotional stuff tied to it, and I was fascinated. I am fascinated. I'm thrilled to see this stuff because then if I have the one-on-one -on -one time, I will say to people, let's talk this through. Is your worth in any way determined by whether or not I push the button and choose that you're somebody good or bad? No, of course not. And then further, did I do anything to improve your business by following you? Usually the answer would be no. It would be better if when you have something interesting to share, you mention me and say, hey, this is kind of cool. You might like this, and then I'll share it if it's cool. Um, that's how things get done. That's how, you know, that's the real value. It's not who you follow. It's what gets shared into the stream. Because then if it's a, quote, high-value sharing uh, system, if, if, if what's being shared is something interesting to others, then more times than not, you're asking me to share something is going to reach more people because they're going to pay more attention. So I think the other part of your question, though, about the confidence and all that, I mean, it takes, it takes a certain level of bravery to, to say, look, this is madness and one of us has to stop. But, you know, Dr. Seuss covered this a long time ago, and some of us had stars on our belly and some of us don't. And, you know, it's we just kind of have to eventually realize the silliness. And when we do, there's such a great value waiting right afterwards, which is, is, is just connecting genuinely and trying to build out a relationship with people who care. The other thing to learn is that, yes, you might upset some people, but some people maybe should be upset, and then they should restock and reconsider and not follow people that were they were told to follow by some crowd. And I shouldn't be everyone's cup of tea. I talk about poop. You know, I, I'm not everybody's, you know, customer. So it's by all means a great opportunity to, to really restock and rethink. Because if you look at the people you've chosen to follow, either of you, uh, there's a lot of people on there that you like that if we were really serious and not on this film, you'd say, yeah, but I don't like what they tweet about or whatever. And I just already made that choice. I've decided to follow them in other places because if I don't like your tweets, I might like your Instagram. And if I don't like your Instagram, you might have great Google Plus shares. Um, I probably won't be your Facebook friend because, you know, the, you're going to share poopy things about games you play and I'm going to stab you. Um, but, you know, there's platforms that I do like you on, and it's okay. And I think it's fine just for us to kind of go where we go. And if I don't follow you on any of them, you know my email address. You might even know my phone number. It's all going to be okay. <laughs> you know, you make some really good points there, Cousin Chris. Um, for those who don't know, I call Chris my cousin. Yeah, we're cousins. <laughs> we're cousins. But, but, you know, here's an observation. I don't know if I have a follow-up question, but here's an observation I have. I started following your work, I think, in 2010 when I had no idea who you were or even what you did. And then in 2011, I kind of followed you more for the business strategy and the social media strategies. And in 2012, it kind of evolved into more of the, okay, well, what, who does he know and who is he talking about and where does he hang out and what's he into? And then in 2013, I actually don't even care about the social media strategies anymore. I care about when you talk about shit like depression or I didn't want to get up today, guys, and so I'm just writing this note. I don't really have anything to say other than I feel like shit today. You know, and so for me, it's now evolved into 
Chris has amazing mindset strategies that he might not even realize he's, he's you know, imparting on me. So I kind of see you as being this guy who I followed for one reason, but now over, you know, the years you've evolved and even I've evolved. And if we're not both evolving in, in a similar space, then th like you said, there really is no reason to keep following or keep staying connected. Played out really nicely there, cousin. Is that people evolve? I mean, we have this scenario where, uh, you know, what I'm interested in might differ from year to year, and I think it should. And what you're interested in might differ. And so, for instance, I got really into eating all a lot of plant-based food, and I was shooting all kinds of photos of smoothies and juices and things like that. And all kinds of people, for instance, on Instagram paid attention to that because they liked seeing what recipes I came out with or whatever. And then that's all gone, and now it's a lot of pictures of sweaty me right after the gym or something, and I wouldn't follow that account if I were me because it's just a bunch of pictures of my sweaty head. But, you know, the people who are kind of looking for just that, you know, who are like on the edge of whether or not they're going to go back to bed or go to the gym, get something out of it. And so I guess, you know, we can, that's the other thing is we can sort of sample. I mean, our iPod doesn't play the same music all the damn time either. So, I mean, there's just a lot of different ways to, to look at the content separate than the human. Speaking of evolving, I'm sad that you're going away with HB, uh, well, hbwaves.com uh, slash radio, which is your, uh, your radio show, your podcast. So are you able to give us a little hint and tell us what it is? So the new show um, is a slightly more formatted uh, version of what I'd already accomplished. So I mean, I'll end on my 100th episode, and if anyone actually really counts, there's more like 120. And I did that from October until I'm um, stretching it out now into August, but I could have finished somewhere in June and done 100 episodes. So I, if you start counting that, you start thinking, wow, that guy was doing two or three a week. And it was just because I kept getting these great interviews. And I had at one point like 21 interviews waiting to post. And I realized I have a problem. And, you know, not all of this is especially making me any more business. So in the new one, I'm about to launch a digital magazine. It'll go live in uh, September 2013, and part of that digital magazine will also be a new radio show that goes with it. And it's all about the concept of ownership. And uh, the ownership can mean uh, how you choose to own your life. It's also how you choose to uh, structure your own business. Even if you're the CEO of just your, your cubicle at your office, it's the mindset of the owner. And so the new owner radio show that'll go with that uh, we'll still have interviews. It'll have uh, reviews of things like books and things like that. But it'll also have a few other components, including some ideas and tips and recipes and stuff like that I normally share in uh, pod, uh, in a blogging form or something. But then also, I have a whole news segment that I'm building that I stole right out of Kitchen Table Talks. And that was the whole concept of reporting news on people's you know social information that I find in their stream or whatever. So you know, if Cousin Bernie is getting new nails done, it'll show up in the show. Um, so I think um, I think that you know whatever whenever I stop anything, usually I pick up pieces of it that I really loved and bring them forward anyway. And so long-standing uh, people who have suffered through my insanity will recognize iterations uh, and growing and all that. Well, that's awesome, and I appreciate that. I mean, like I said, I've been following the platform for two-plus years, and I think that little component of adding your your social media friends in the mix, I think that, it, correct me if I'm wrong, I feel like that's probably the most successful part of, of those projects or those ventures that you get into because you're bringing them along with you no matter what you ch change your platform into, correct? 
Well, yeah. I mean, one of the things I learned a, a really long time ago, and it's a, it's a great lesson for anybody, is that if you pay enough attention and give enough love to the community that you have the pleasure to serve, when you turn that corner in the road and try something new, a good chunk of them are going to come with. I mean, I have people who followed me way back from when I was writing a, a blog about running. And, you know, I don't write about running ever. I mean, I run sometimes, but that's not what my blog is about. And they're just like, man, remember when you used to write about, you know, how hard it was to get up in the morning and do such and such, and now you write about how hard it is to get up in the morning and do business. I'm still with you. And, you know, I think that it's – there are people who are lifelong fans of whoever. They're Madonna fans, you know, 35 years later. She's been at that 35 years now. Um and have loved her everywhere from, you know, uh, borderline to her MDNA stuff. And I'd say that to get there, to get that kind of longevity with a fan, uh, is to not have fans, is to have people that you care about. And so in my embracing the community, I'm doing what I do in, in professional business as well, and, and I'm showing that if you love the people that give you their attention and you show them that you're paying attention as well, you're just going to get a lot better opportunities out of the, uh, the ordeal. Yeah, that's that's super awesome point, and and that's really evident um, in your writing and in your work. Anybody who follows you or anybody who reads your stuff knows that that's really what you're all about. And let me ask you this: you've you've been at this for a very long time. You've been writing for a very long time before the term was even called blogging. And people who've only recently stumbled upon you are like, oh, how did this guy reach this overnight success? And I've heard you say this many times before: your overnight success is like what, 15, 17, 18 years in the making. So let me ask you, how did you stay afloat so long? What were you doing to continue to show up, keep doing the good work, and hope and have faith, or whatever else you want to call it, to, to, to manifest what you have? Well, I think if you rob banks, it helps, because you know then you don't have to worry about the money element, and you have a good cover. You're like, you know what I've been doing is I've just been here uh, writing my blog. I'm a blogger. That's where all this money comes from, and that's where the Lamborghini makes perfect sense why I have that. Um, I think beyond that, being helpful. I mean, I, the same advice I've been giving for well over a decade is still totally true. Be helpful. Don't ask how can I help because that's the least helpful thing you could do. Um, show up and find a way to participate. And if you can help, and if you can help more than one person, and you can start helping a community of people. And then if people start dragging their friends to you and say, you've got to check this guy out because, boy, is he helpful. I'm the gateway drug and the prime drug. You know what I mean? I'm the one that somebody gets an idea from me, and they go, oh, that's pretty cool. And then they stick around because, boy, when that next hit comes, it's going to be good. So, uh, you know, frankly, rob banks and be uh, the drug dealer of help, and I think then life will be okay. Well, Phil, he says life will be okay, but what if life is not okay? What's our magic question for our cousin Chris? Yeah, so, so Chris, we typically like to close with a question about the F word. We're not mm. talking about focus, we're talking about fear. So what's keeping you up at right, right now, Chris? What's scaring you, or is there anything that's scaring you? And, and how, can, how can either we support you, or how, or how are you going to support yourself to get through this? Fear is awesome. Um, I was reading a book, I'm not finished yet because I put it away for a little while, but it's by George St. Pierre, the MMA fighter. It's called, I think, The Way of the Fight or something like that. And he talks about how great fear is and how fear is like, uh, just like when you're tired at the gym, fear lets you know that something's not exactly so and something needs to be uh, tweaked. And fear is really useful. And people who try to blunt fear or, or pretend that they don't feel fear, or if maybe even sadly they really don't feel fear, 
they're missing such a great opportunity and a great set of tools. So one fear that drives me is uh, I share in common with Jay Leno. Jay Leno is still to this day afraid that he's not going to have enough money to, to live and support the people he loves. And so he works really, really hard at everything he does. And, and Jerry Seinfeld called him out on it once on, his, on their video show, very similar to yours. Uh, his is called Comedians in Cars Getting Coffee. He said, um, I think you still think one of these days you're going to be back at a restaurant somewhere having to push a broom, as if that's really true. And Jay said, probably more than you know. But if you think about it, I mean, my God, he owns, you know, multitudes of houses and hundreds of motorcycles and classic cars and whatever. So um, that's one fear is, you know, not being able to provide. Uh, the other fears I have are, you know, am I ever going to shake this, you know, uh, child actor label of guy who's really into social media? Because I've always felt like a guy who's into doing interesting stuff and I just, that pigeonhole is really not going to be very useful for my next project. And so I guess the other fear I have is just to show people that I'm writing a new business magazine that's going to really contend with the magazines you have on your bookshelf today and uh, at, the, at the newsstand. And so I guess the fear is that people will say, oh, I don't want to read a book about social media and they won't even pick it up. That's a, yeah, that, that's a legitimate fear, Chris. I think, um, you know, as we all evolve, as we improve or change or, you know, use a, a sobcon run, right, if we choose to pivot, hopefully we keep enough with us that that who we are continues to shine through and those customers that loved us will love us regardless of what we do because it's about ultimately it is a human business that works with other humans. That might be true. Yeah, it might be true. So, Chris, last thing before we go here, buddy. How do people get more of you? Uh, where, where do you want them to go? Oh, just easily to chrisbrogan.com. And at the very top, there's a request that you consider joining my newsletter. That's the best thing I do every single week. It's, it's really the the one that you'll fall in love with fastest and, and first and deepest. And so just start at chrisbrogan.com. And Cousin Bernie and Uncle Phil, thank you so very much. Thank you, Chris. And definitely get the newsletter, folks, if you're tuning in here to Chris and you check out chrisbrogan.com. Get the newsletter. Articles are great, but his newsletter is top-notch. comes out on Sundays, and it is awesome. Shut up. Shut up! Shut up! <laughs> so thank you, Chris Brogan, for being our friend and for being on our show. We thank appreciate you. We hope you enjoyed this episode of The Shut Up Show. And remember, if you don't want to miss a single episode, go on to our website at theshutupshow.com and subscribe to our newsletter. Until next time, folks, shut up and make shit happen.